huge stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post-game show. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And it's all... Wait, there we go. There we go. Well, there we go. I think uh, the audio is a little off, and we're on to go. Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post-game show. Sorry, a little technical difficulty there, but thanks for rocking with us after the Dodgers get their first sweep of the season. They beat the Redbirds by a final score of 6-3. to three. The bullpen, they balled out once again. The bullpen this series, seven and a third innings pitched. No runs. They were fantastic. Chris Taylor, a big bounce back game. I thought Noah Syndergaard made a key adjustment with that curveball. He gave the Dodgers a chance to win, and it was a very strange game. LA goes 1-for-15 with runners in scoring position. Noah Syndergaard doesn't record a strikeout for just the fourth time in his career, and the Dodgers, they're still able to walk away with the win, and they get the first sweep of the season. Like I told you Friday, like I predicted, LA was going to sweep the Redbirds, and they did just that. But first and foremost, let me know where you're rocking with us here on the Dodgers Nation post game show. Give me those cities and zip codes down below. Also, want to give a shout out to Manny Moda on Manny Moda. His induction to the Legends of Dodgers ceremony was fantastic. The Manny of the hour. So, I'm also looking for that comment of the day, that Dodgers Nation post game show comment of the day. And when you see that, you're going to see one of these, and also you're going to see one of these. So, I'm always looking for that. Also, we've got the Insta. We got the Fontana in the house, 818 chats for Nick Ferris. Let me know where you represent also. Give me your big takeaways from the series. Is this team turning things around? Because there was a lot to like from this series because they didn't rely on the home run ball. You did see some small ball, if you want to call it that. You saw productive outs, especially early in this one. You saw guys get their bat on the ball in key situations. Guys like Miguel Vargas, guys like David Peralta. And you also saw this team is clearly making a concerted effort 
to swipe bags, to get free passes and put and get to walk and to also steal bases. Look, in this day and age, feels like everybody's Ricky Henderson. Yesterday, Freddie Freeman gets his first two stolen base game of his career. And the Dodgers, they definitely are what it appears to me are they're adjusting. They're adjusting to the new rules and they're saying, hey, if other teams are going to take advantage against us, we might as well join the party. So, yeah, the small ball Dodgers getting it done today. The return of Will Smith, that has been massive. And yeah, a big, a big, a big, big, big return for Will Smith. And it's nice to see him back in that line of Max Muncy. This Dodgers offense, they look like they're going to be just fine. Will Smith, one for three. Who is your player of the game? I think for me, coming off that four strikeout game last night, for Chris Taylor to bounce back, go two for four, had one strikeout, but did have one RBI. He stole a big base. They added that insurance run there late. I think Chris Taylor, with the struggles that he's gone through, I mean, you guys have called him everything from Chris Kaler to KT3, swing and miss Chris, but hey, he comes back and he has a big game today to really help this team win, but let's go into the comments section, guys. I'm also looking for those fire takes. If I see a fire take, you're going to see one of these If you say something a little out of pocket, a little sus, even if it's funny, you're going to get one of these Bruh but also, who was that Dodgers dog of the game? The Dodgers dog, Dodger of, the game. dog of the game. And I'm also going to give you all my thoughts on Gavin Stone being called up. If you watched the show last Monday, I said, look, right in that camera, I said, the Dodgers need to call up Gavin Stone. He is ready. I've talked to people down the farm. They say that this kid is ready for the big leagues. This kid is ready for the show, and the Dodgers are calling him up. Who will they DFA? I threw out Austin Wins when I had that take a few weeks ago. But look, the reality is this kid can give this team a boost. Also, you can reset this rotation. Dustin May, he's scheduled to start on Wednesday, but he just threw 104 pitches, a career high, and with this team, 19 straight in 20 days, I think this team really could reset that rotation, put themselves in a great position. Also, see what this kid has, and we'll see what it means long term. But we're more on Gavin Stone in a little bit, but here we go. Noah didn't allow a flood of runs. Go Dodgers. That's our first comment of the day from Michael McCarty over on YouTube. You're getting one of these. You win. I'm going to take a shot of Hornitos for you. A little sip of Hornitos premium tequila. Best tequila in the game. But uh, we got no Dodger, no problem. So yeah, I guess there was a little problem. But CT3 got that dog, DMAC, and so are you. Yeah, more dog than Westminster, right? I mean, this dog, this uh, Chris Taylor fella, who a lot of fans are trying to just write off when the reality is this guy... Yes, he has been going through it. There's no question about it that he has gotten off to a rough start this season. But I think today was a step in the right direction. You saw he had the big home run, the big three-run shot last week in Pittsburgh. And you're starting to see signs that he's having better at-bats. I think it's not just the hits. I think today, a seven-pitch at-bat, he gets a single on a four-seam fastball away. You're starting to see some improvements from Chris Taylor. Yes, the strikeout rates have been alarmingly high. But this is a guy who has produced in the past and look the reality is they need him for this team they need Chris Taylor to produce because he has that versatility and if you look at what he did today compared to what Miguel Rojas has done all season by the way Rojas he did hit a home run for in his rehab start there at Rancho so that's definitely good to see but yeah having Chris Taylor be productive and be in the mix I wasn't so sure about having them as the cleanup hitter in the four spot but still look he has a 57 WRC plus this season he's hitting 145 heading into today with a strikeout rate of over 
over 42.6%, but you can see him grinding out there. There seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel, whereas someone like Trace Thompson doesn't seem like there's very much hope with him. But here we go. Back to the comments section, guys. Welcome to the Dodgers Nation postgame show. If you're new to the show, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and hey, tell your friends, tell your family, you got to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation postgame show. Shots, shots, shots. That's from my man, DCAM. What up, DCAM? Noah didn't allow any long balls. That's from Deborah Young. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think when you look at Noah Syndergaard's start today, there's the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, everyone thought that, hey, he was going to be a guy that you could expect to maybe return to all-star form. Maybe he could get back to 100 miles per hour. I told you, wait, not so fast, my friend. I said it was not going to be a Thorgon conclusion that he was going to return to form, but I did say that he could be serviceable, that he could be solid, and that at the end of the day, if he eats innings for this team, he is going to provide value as a number four or number five starter. And like you mentioned, Deborah. The fact that he kept the ball in the yard is definitely a step in the right direction. He had allowed five home runs and 26 innings of work heading into this start. And if you look, yeah, we'll start here. We'll start with Noah Syndergaard's start. We'll start with the offense. But first, throw out those grades for Noah Syndergaard. Because, look, he definitely grinded out there. And we're going to talk about the curveball and what that does if you look at how it keeps hitters off balance with really slows him up and you get a differential that is a little more extreme than what he's been working with so far this season. I think that that is an adjustment that they have made and you saw them get some quick outs with it. You saw him able to generate lazy fly balls, get some ground ball out. So we'll see if adding that to the repertoire is something that can help him advance because look, the reality is the swing and miss numbers there towards the bottom of the league at this point. I mean, just three swings and misses in five and a third innings, no Strikeouts, Like I said, no strikeouts for Noah Syndergaard, just a fourth time in his career. So, yeah, I mean, he's not going to guy that's going to overpower and dominate hitters, but if you can go out there and just learn to pitch. Look at Clayton Kershaw yesterday. He still has the strikeouts because he tunnels it so well, the fastball and the slider, and he can go to that Uncle Charlie when he needs it. And part of the reason why that fastball and that slider plays up is because you can go down to that curveball that's in the 70s. Well, today you saw Noah Syndergaard use that curveball and I think it's going to help him be a more dynamic pitcher. So we'll talk about Syndergaard, but throw out those grades for Thor. What are your thoughts on him? Any Gavin Stone? We're going to wait to touch on Gavin Stone in just a second. But, hey, Gavin Stone, he's on his way. And I'm, I, I, let's just say I just don't think he is going to have a rocky eye. I think Gavin Stone is going to come up and show out. I'm very excited about that. I mean, he's coming off his best star of the season. But first, let's break down this game. Let's talk about Noah Syndergaard. First question to you is – do you think Noah Syndergaard can figure things out? Do you think that he can be steady enough? I think the the thought of him becoming this year Tyler Anderson, I think that the odds of that happening are slim to none at this point. I think that you have to recalibrate those expectations from Thor. But let's take a look at his outing. Give me your grades down below. We got smash that like button for DMAC. Thanks, Diane Schroeder. Always rocking with us, the fairy godmother of the Dodgers Nation postgame show. Noah Ortega. Noah gave Noah's a good name today. He better keep it up. There's another comment of the day presented by our friends over at Hornitos. Please drink responsibility. Oh, there we go. I'm going to take a little shot for you. 
uh, or not. Here's a little comment of the day. Good steals today, Deborah Young. Yeah, the steals today was another big takeaway. Freddie Freeman got another steal. I mean, Freddie Freeman's tur turning into Ricky Henderson out there on the base pass. And then Chris Taylor, James Altman got a steal. So it's definitely something that this team is absolutely going to focus on moving forward because it's free money out there. It is free money. It's like funny money in the middle of a couch cushion, okay? If it's there, you might as well take it. And teams are just stealing bases at an alarming rate. And with this team, when they get in cold stretches and they're not able to get the slug and hit the long ball and hit doubles and triples and home runs, hey, it wakes the offense up. It keeps guys interested and engaged. And we saw that today. But let's start with Noah Syndergaard. So top of the first inning, Newbar, Newt Bar grounded to first for the first out. Goldschmidt, he flied to center for the second out. And then Gorman, he flied to, to, he flied to right for the third out. So one, two, three, first inning for Syndergaard. Really nice start. And then... Jump into the bottom of jump into the top of the second inning. So top of the second inning, Arenado he grinds the second for the first out. Then a one-one pitch to Contreras. He singled to left on a sinker in the heart of the plate. And then next batter Burleson first pitch he doubles to left on a changeup that Noah left up. Now he's a big guy. If you look at the way he works downhill, sometimes when mechanically he's not as as polished as he typically can be, you see him leave stuff up. My good friend Dontrell Willis likes to say, live low and live long. Well, in this stretch where he's given up hits, one, the stuff just isn't electric from a velocity standpoint, from a movement standpoint, and also location-wise. You're seeing him leave stuff up. You're leaving. You're seeing him leave stuff out over the middle of the plate, and that tends to be the issue. And today, he gave up another eight hits, but still, the fact that in that situation, he was able to minimize the damage. So he gives up the double on a changeup to Burleson. And the next batter, 0-1 count to Carlson. He flies to center. Contreras scores on the play to make it 1-1. And then we got to, to make it 1-0. And then next batter, Donovan with Burleson on second. 0-1 pitch. To, he went to left to score Burleson to make it 2-0 Redbird. So not a bad pitch. He just went down and got it. So a changeup low. And he was going to that changeup early on. And the Redbirds had an early 2-0 lead. The next batter, Edmund, he flied to center for the third out. So the Cardinals, they get on top early. They strike first blood. And, yeah, they were hitting that changeup. He was not locating it. And you're thinking top of the second, already giving up two runs. You're not feeling good about it. You know the Cardinals, a historically bad start for them. They're trying to avoid that sweep but the Dodgers they come back there in the bottom of the second and they strike back right away so bottom of the second inning Jason Hayward who is starting to turn things around starting to see the results from all that hard contact he gets a leadoff double and then James Alvin he grounds to second a great play there by Gorman and then Hayward he advances to third so look you're seeing the results of a productive out of putting your bat on the ball he Alvin he hit the ball on the screws he squared that up it was a great play by Gorman but for Hayward to get to third there with one out and then Miguel Vargas at the plate with Hayward a 3-2 count and he grounds to short to score Hayward to get a run back to make it 2-1 Cardinals. So Vargas is another guy that he definitely had a positive series. You see him get multiple base hits. You saw him get productive outs. He's swinging the bat better. He's more aggressive. The bat speed is starting to pick up. And then after that, 
Peralta, he grounds to third. So nice work by the Young Bucks there. The Young Bucks, the youth movement in full effect. You got Altman with the productive out. You got Miguel Vargas with the ground ball to short to get an RBI. And look, in the first inning, they couldn't cash in on Mookie's leadoff double there in the first inning. And a lot of that was because you're seeing at-bats and approaches that are playing for the slug. The next inning, it was a little different approach, and they're just trying to get contact and put the ball in play, and it led to a run. But let's jump to the comment section. We'll keep breaking this one down. The Dodgers get their first sweep of the series. And to me, it is the most satisfying win when you beat those Redbirds. I mean, Matt Carpenter, Adams, some of these players, Ozzy Smith, Jack Clark. I mean, a lot of horror stories with this St. Louis franchise. That's why, hey, every time I think about getting upset about Chris Taylor's results, I think about that wild card walk-off that he hit. He had been slumping terribly, and he hits the walk-off off his now teammate Reyes. So, yeah, it's nice to see that we have our postseason moments against the Redbirds, too. So, to sweep this Cardinals team, Dodge they improved to 16 and 13 on the season the Redbirds to 10 and 19 on the year so Sermon King says 562 here love the walk and stolen bases today love it Dougie yeah Sermon King it's refreshing it's a step in the right direction and like I said if you're out there you don't want to just use that driver right you need the putter you need you need the pinchy wedge you need the other clubs in the bag to try to generate some offense and today we're starting to see that from this team that hey this is not just about today and it's about winning games but it's about an approach it's about something you can look back on when you're deep into the postseason when you're going against better pitchers that throw high velocity and they throw gas and you can say no we can score in a multitude of different ways we are not a one-trick pony offense and that has been really the case that we've seen for this team. And I think you're, I mean, yes, the home run numbers are very high. And yeah, if you can go out there and hit three home runs a game, I'm all for it. I mean, I always say if, if you want to the dub, you've got a slug, but things are changing slowly but surely in Major League Baseball. And I'm curious to see why this organization kind of waited this long to kind of adjust, but still better late than never. It's still early on the season where, yeah, they, they do have the ability and they do have the requisite hitters, the talent, the personnel, they can't put their bat on the ball. I mean, David Peralta hasn't gotten off to a great start, but you saw him produce today. And he's not up there trying to hit home runs. He's up there trying to hit singles and put the ball in play. And it's something that I think this team desperately needs. And also, he's been helping defensively as well. So jump back in the comment section. We got even Peralta, two quality RBI ground outs. We moved runners well, that and sack flies, etc. Yeah, Robert Voss, I just alluded to that right now. David Peralta coming through with the RBIs, putting the ball in play. That's definitely something that's going to help this team. We saw it this, we saw in the fourth thing. We saw it later in the game. You saw the sack fly by Will Smith to add a much needed insurance run. So yeah, I think the bottom of the fifth inning too, David Peralta grounds into that fielder's choice that scored Muncie. So yeah, absolutely. To have a guy that is a professional hitter, a big league hitter, not a guy that's going up there and he's trying to hit it to Pasadena. No, you need an offense in this day and age where, hey, it's not just by knockout. You can't go up there and try to Mike Tyson KO guys. No, you got to go up there, throw some jabs. You got to go up there, some left hooks, some right hooks, hit the ribs, and you got to go out there and really be more of a complete offense. And I think you're seeing that from this team that it's still a work in progress. They're not there yet, but they're going up there and 
it's going to be a change of pace. But, Doug, I'm never giving up on Trace. That is from Trace Hayward season 2023. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's your guy. I don't expect you to because you know what? <laughs> You're a very loyal guy. You're a great fan. If I was a player, I would send you a game-worn jersey, a game-used bat, autographed baseball, a hat because your undying loyalty and fandom knows no bounds but yeah your guy trace thompson I actually talked to david i talked to dave roberts yesterday about trace thompson i asked him about his struggles hitting lefties and how it's really an angle issue how pitchers are trying to crowd him and you're seeing that i mean you're seeing with trace thompson pitchers are trying to attack the inner half of the strike zone trying to get stuff on the hands because he does have a big swing and he tries to get that barrel out there and there's a lot of vulnerability in there and unfortunately too he's out in front of breaking balls and he's not able to catch up to fastballs. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm trying to be optimistic, too, I would love to see him break out. It felt like the entire baseball world kind of knew that Trace Thompson was Cinderella man last year and that he at some point was going to turn into a pumpkin. The clock was going to strike midnight, but unfortunately they felt like he had gotten enough equity that he had earned a role and earned an opportunity for this team. But yeah, unfortunately to start this year, it just hasn't been a great start for Trace Thompson. He does look like he's also kind of pressing up there at the play. It definitely looks like he's kind of feeling the pressure. He knows that he could be sent packing or sooner than later if he doesn't get things going. So, yeah, Trace Thompson, I mean, not a good day. for. I did like the fact that I mean, on Friday he drew that walk off of JoJo on that changeup low in the zone on a lefty. So that definitely was positive. But today, Trace Thompson on the day, not a great one. He ends up going... He ends up going in there for that one at bat, just the one at bat, pinch hitting for Jason Hayward, and he strikes out. So on the year, Trace Thompson, it just hasn't looked good. He had the three home run game. He had the other other bomb he hit. But yeah, on the year, Trace Thompson, he has 25 strikeouts in 45 at bats. So you're talking about a strikeout rate at over a 50% clip. He has a 705 OPS, a 156 batting average. Like I said, that three home run game on April 1st, he had the home run later, but still. Yeah, just not doing much. Seven for 45 on the season. But let's jump back into this game, and let's talk about Cindergard later. So we'll jump to the top of the third inning where, yeah, he goes out there. 3-2 pitch, gets Newt Bar to ground out for the first out. Then 3-2 pitch to Goldschmidt. He singles to center, a sinker, middle, middle. So let that two-seamer middle. Goldschmidt, MVP, he can get to that pitch, and he hits it for a single to center. And then Gorman, he flied to center for the second out. Then Arenado, he flied to left for the third out. So he did a nice job of working his way around singles today, working his way around base hits to limit the damage and give this team a chance to win. And look, he's a guy that's up there he's trying to go up there and execute pitches he's maybe trying to be a little too fine because you can see he's really trying to avoid the heart of the plate and he doesn't have a lot of confidence in his stuff and when you do that sometimes you make mistakes and it does feel like at times there's that it's only a matter of time for him to have that mistake but still I think he did a really good job in that inning and you saw that's where he used that curveball so to Gorman he falls behind the count 2-0 there and then for the third pitch he used that 
that curveball, and he gets a nice, easy fly ball out. And I think that's something to feel good about if you're Noah Syndergaard moving forward. So let's jump back into the comments section, guys, and we will continue breaking down this game because, hey, it feels good. I don't know about you guys, but break out the broomsticks, okay? Let's uh, break out the broomsticks. We'll use those feathers, those red feathers, and just sweep it up because it feels good to sweep the Cardinals. We got a C minus. That's Michael Carrillo's grade for Noah Syndergaard. Thanks, Iris K. Always rocking with us. You know, I appreciate that. Hitting that like button. Yeah, guys, hit that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers first sweep of the season. A big sweep, as I predicted on the Blue Heaven podcast. I had the Dodgers winning all three, and they did me a solid by taking care of business. We got Jim Hishinuma over on Facebook who said, Smith and Muncy back in the lineup and a three-game winning streak. Well, what do you know, Jim? Maybe when you get back the National League Player of the Week, maybe when you get back the best all-around catcher in the game that started this season hitting 333, maybe when you get those guys back in the middle of your lineup, maybe you start winning some games. Well, yesterday they were only able to scratch one run, and Austin Barnes, he ended up having the RBI single that scored Outman, but Clayton Kershaw was Goatshaw, right? He was an absolute beast, and he shoved, but even... You saw on Friday night's game, Muncie, Will Smith, they were fantastic. Friday night's game, the Dodgers went 7-3. to In that game, Will Smith's first game back, he ended up going one for five. Max Muncy ended up going one for two, had the two walks, had the RBI. So he had an instant impact. And then today's game, Will Smith, his presence was felt once again. Smitty, he ends up going... What uh, Muncy ends up going hit Smitty. He ended up going on today's game. Let's see, we got uh, there we go. Then Muncy, yeah, two for yeah, two one for four. So yeah, I think when you look at this team as a whole, you make no mistake about. It. I mean, you need these guys back in your lineup. But yeah, let's get back. Oh, there you go. Let's rush this. Yeah, Smitty ends up going one for three today, had the RBI, had the sack fly late in the game, and then Max Muncy, he goes 0 for four, had the walk. They really extended the inning, and... Yeah, I think those guys are absolute beasts. So you need those guys. So EB says, C, that's for Noah Syndergaard. Jimmy Denson, okay, Dodgers pitchers starting slow too early in the season. Let's go. Yeah, I think one of the big MVPs today had to have been the bullpen who went out there and they took care of business once again. I think you're seeing across the board, they have turned things around in a lot of different ways. I think Bruce Dark Gratterall is one of the most impressive to me. His eight, his nine appearances now where he hasn't allowed a run. And tonight, this today, this bullpen, they end up going three and two-thirds innings. And you got Ferguson, Vesia, Gratterall, Almonte, and Phillips. They combined for three and two-thirds innings of scoreless ball. Just gave up two hits. So, yeah, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. But let's jump back in the comment section here. We got a C for Thor from Randy Watson. We got Think He Gets a C+. Plus. That's from Disco King 2 Deborah Young says B-. minus. Chase Thomas, Vesia looked great with his two Ks. Yeah, I think Alex Vesia did a much better job today. I think Vesia, you're starting to see the command start to improve and you're starting to see him pitch with more confidence and that is the biggest key for him I think you're also seeing the results of just continuing to get experience pitching with that pitch clock. But yeah, I think it was definitely a really, really nice appearance for Alex Vesia today who comes in there and he's a part of this group. 
I thought the strikeout to Newt Bar with that slider down the zone where he was feeling it. He was it was a seven pitch at bat. Newt Bar fouled off a couple balls, and that is when he's really, really operating at the highest levels. You saw the foul ball on the oh on the one one count, a four seam fastball top of the zone. Newt Bar he fouls that one off, and then he misses with the slider on the inner half right there on the inside corner to make it 2-2. Two and two. Fouls off two straight balls, a four-seam fastball up in the zone, a slider up in the zone, and then he gets him swinging at the bottom of the zone. So when he's changing eye levels and he's able to pinpoint that four-seam fastball at the top of the zone, he's going to be able to have success. And then Edmund, that was the Alex Vesia of old. I mean, when he punched out Edmund on three pitches, all four-seam fastballs, and he was challenging. I mean, the third strike the strike looking he dotted that one and he got that one up to 95 miles per hour so the velocity was there and that was definitely a, definitely a very very positive outing for Vesia and really the first play on the bunt by Donovan that was just kind of unfortunate Muncie was playing back and he kind of mishandled it there so it was definitely more on the defense, more on kind of the approach of that defense, the alignment there than anything else. It was soft contact and you've seen teams, that's kind of a trend around Major League Baseball as teams are starting to bunt earlier in counts. I mean, we saw the bunt by Marcano uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates with two strikes. He ended up on, on third base, so gotta look out for that, but uh, yeah, excellent point there, Chase. Vesia did look great with his 2Ks. I'll give that a comment of the day. I'll give that a fire take too. Uh, he definitely transport. Uh, Robert stole over on Facebook says he's definitely transforming into a finesse pitcher. Yeah, I think Robert, at this point, it's the line from Moneyball, adapt or die, okay? If he wants to continue his career, he has to be realistic about his skill set, about what he brings to the table, about what his body can do at this stage of his career. And I think going with more spin, going with that curveball, and you want some more velocity, you want that 92, 93 mile per hour sinker to play up more, well, throw that curveball more, throw that change up more, and you're going to see the results of that so it's definitely a work in progress and look credit to him for trying something today with that curve and like I said like we've already talked about during the show you saw some big key easy fly ball outs easy ground outs and I think that it's something to look at for his next start because the more comfortable he gets with that in his pitch mix then hopefully you're going to see him kind of transform a little bit. So that's a great point there. I think I think for, for Syndergaard, he has to really kind of go that route if he wants to prolong his career and get another deal. I think he just has to kind of get it out of his mind. He's going to go in here and try to get back to being 100-mile-per-hour Thor and this and that and try to be Thor, Love and Thunder Thor, like I said, when they signed him. He's not going to be Love and Thunder Thor, but I want to see him be Endgame Thor, okay? Look, even the Avengers lost at some point, right? I don't want to see him depressed, P depressed Thor where he's just not taking care of himself. No, something in between I think is something that's possible at this stage of his career. I also did say, if you guys watched the show that we recorded a day before opening day, the question was which Dodger will be the biggest disappointment this season? I hate to use that word because all these guys are miracles. There's only like 730 big leaguers on the planet right now. All these guys are elite at what they do compared to other people around the world, but still, I said that you were going to be disappointed if you think that A, he was going to be an all-star and B, he was going to get that velocity back because I think a lot of people were tying that velocity to the Tommy John surgery and the recovery and yes, you do pick up steam in your second year back from Tommy John, but still when he suffered that lat injury in 2017, that is when you saw that velocity dip, but yeah, throughout the season, heading into the start, he had thrown the curveball just nine times 
And nine times, so 2.3% of the time, he was throwing that curveball. And today, you saw they upped the usage. Today, Noah Syndergaard, he ends up throwing that curveball. He's throwing that curveball. 15 times, 15 times at a 21% clip. So it's definitely one of the big key adjustments for him. And hopefully he starts to see some results and pitches with more consistency. As Deborah pointed out earlier, not seeing him leave the yard was definitely big. So yeah, top of the top of the fourth inning. Let's jump to the let's talk about the bottom of the third. So bottom of the third inning, Chris Taylor, he flies to right for the first out. Then Betsy strikes out swinging for the second out. Then 2-2 count Freddie Freeman. He singles to center. Then Smith was hit by a pitch. And it was runners on first and second. Muncie 3-1 pitch. And he lines one to center. So Dodgers, you're starting to feel bad about the fact that they weren't cashing in with runners on scoring position. They had ducks on the pond in the first and the third. Weren't able to capitalize. But you jump to that bottom of the fourth inning. And it was a much better, much better showing right there. So bottom of the fourth inning for this Dodgers offense, Jason Hayward, he draws a leadoff walk. James Alvin, he draws a walk on five pitches. And then runners on first and second, no outs. First pitch to Miguel Vargas. And he was out of first and uh, first pitch to Miguel Vargas. He able to draw. And then we got actually one second here, guys. Let me make sure. There he goes. Yeah, jumps up comments. Uh, thing is not working right. There you go. Dodgers outfielders defense is good. That's from Craig Osterberg. Yeah, I mean the Dodgers outfield defense. I think David Peralta, he's in the 80th percentile and outs above average. You've seen him perform well, so he's definitely been outstanding defensively. I think Jason Hayward, you see him making diving, sliding catches. He's been able to get to a lot of balls that would have dropped as hits. Mookie Betts is a six-time Gold Glove Award winner. James Altman, I think he's covered a lot of territory. He does have a strong arm. He's able to get to a lot of balls and use those angles, use that speed and athleticism. I do want to see him sometimes hit that cutoff man a little more. I think we're giving up some free bases at times, but... Yeah, other than that, the outfield defense has been pretty spectacular for the most part. But, yeah, so back to that fourth inning. DeGrom is toast. That's from Iris K. We got uh, excited for Gavin Stone from Iris K. We got DKM Thor might not have gotten the job done, but three of the Avengers finished. That's a comment of the day from our man DKM. We got to Taylor needs to be a menace on the base pass when he gets on. No reason he can't be on second every time he gets on. That's from Robert Stoll. Yeah, look, Chris Taylor, he's speedy. He's athletic. He's a good base runner. And really it's just about timing the pitcher's delivery to home play because once you got that delivery time really you're off to the races so yeah i agree with you 100 i think he's one of those guys that is going to be taking advantage of it for sure we got will smith a difference maker in the lineup that's from craig osterberg eb lakers are taking on the warriors i have a great feeling about them taking out the warriors in the next series okay throwing a lakers take there nando 390 extend will smith diane schroeder gives Noah Syndergaard, AC. We got Carnivorous Lunar Activity. Hello, DMAC and Dodgers Nation. Ray Brios, Warriors will face a team that plays D. Hey, DMAC, I want to see you drink that fire. Okay. Uh, Cinder Block. Canadian Panda Attack over on YouTube says Cinder Block because he's dragging down the rest of the team. Wow, that's a fire take. I mean, fire you know, I like some good trash talk there. 
EB, yep, I'm just hoping AD, a.k.a. Mr. Glass. Okay, so I got to stop reading the Lakers ones. Uh, DMAC with the prediction of the year, Luis S., I would call it that. Uh, we got my man Roger Kennard down in the comments who says, Gavin Stone might show a <laughs> Gavin Stone might show hey out in his MLB debut. Let's go Dodgers 2023. Roger, the Los Angeles Dodger from the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. I don't know if you're alluding to him possibly being some trade bait or if he's just going to dominate like Shohei Otani tends to do. Very interesting. But you know what? One thing I will say about this Dodgers team, and I predicted that they would win 97 games this year. I'm hoping that they can go on a run and maybe challenge that. I haven't felt great about that prediction to start this season considering they're at 16-13, and 13, that they've been hovering around 500 to start the year. But I will say, do not sleep on the Dodgers. And for me, when it comes to sleep, I choose Mantis Sleep. They make the world's best sleep masks and sleep accessories. Everything they do is to enable better lives through better sleep. They work relentlessly to improve and optimize sleep so you can have the energy to live your best life. Check out MantaSleep.com today so you can sleep better anywhere, anytime. Get your Manta mask today. Use the code DN2023. So, yeah, I mean... Do not sleep on this Dodgers team. Go get a Manta mask because I'm telling you, this thing, if you want to just go to sleep, take a quick nap, doze off, hey, you'll recharge the batteries and you'll be back to being optimal. So, yeah, jumping back to that bottom of the fourth inning, you got runners on first and second, no outs. First pitch, Vargas, he's out at first with the ground ball. Outman advances to second. Hayward advances to third and for one out. So you get a productive out right there, putting the ball in play. And the next batter, David Peralta, with two ducks on the pond, a 2-1 count. He grounded to second to score Hayward to tie things up at two. Nice job right there, putting the ball in play, a productive out, hitting it to the right side. A veteran hitter like David Peralta, he has the ability to do that. And a lot of people wondered, Why'd you sign David Peralta? It was late in the game, $6.5 million. He didn't have a good second half there with the Tampa Bay Rays after the trade. Had some moments, but I think one of the reasons why this organization did it is they saw the direction of the league. They saw where it was going with the premium ability of putting the ball in play, and they know that if it's against a right-handed pitcher, David Peralta, he has no problem doing that. So it definitely bared fruit today, and hopefully it's something that he can build on as well. So next batter up, Chris Taylor, a 2-1 count. He doubles down to down the left to score Outman to give LA a lead at 3-2. So LA takes the lead at 3-2. Chris Taylor, nice piece of hitting there, doubles to left, and that is when Chris Taylor starts rolling. When you start to see him get the harder contact, you start to see him just timing up those pitches where you're not just sitting getting soft singles you're seeing him just miss pitches altogether and I think that's definitely something for him is in the step in the right direction because last week we saw the home run but the double in that key spot early in the game coming off that four strikeout game I was very impressed with that at bat by Chris Taylor and look it's a pitch that he can handle 90 mile per hour sinker inner half turns on it a very decisive swing that put the Dodgers up three to two and in top of the lineup Mookie bets with Chris Taylor on second. Mookie falls behind 0-2 in the count, and he comes back to draw a 10-pitch walk. So, not only today were you seeing 
some of the productive outs, them putting the ball in play. But you also saw them working deep counts. They were working the pitch count up all game long. You saw a lot of three ball counts. You saw some key walks. And there you got Mookie drawing that 10-pitch walk. And then you got the pitching change. Woodford's day was done. And in comes Thompson. And then first pitch, Freddie Freeman, he gets him to ground to first to end the inning. So the Dodgers get two big runs on just one hit. So a lot of patience at the plate. And that really started the whole inning. Hayward draws the walk. Outman, he draws the walk Mookie a 10 pitch walk Chris Taylor the double so that was the big inning that really helped the Dodgers in this one and then let's get back in the comment section so do you like the new approach by the Dodgers do you think this is something that they're going to move forward with do you think that they're going to be less homer happy do you think that this is something that can really elevate this team let me know down below we got uh, DKM I got the game checked and done you mean season first sweep of the series DMAC yep Louise we're feeling it uh, Thor lost the other eye from DKM good we got the St. Louis so bad so weird it is very bad this is a team that at the very worst that you know, you don't see them hovering below third place, but yeah, it has been a very terrible start for that St. Louis team. You're not seeing, you're not seeing Molina out there. You're not seeing a lot of these key guys from in the in the past. So yeah, it's definitely a new look Cardinals team that you would expect with Goldschmidt, Arenado, that they would be a lot better. But uh, still, a long season. We'll see if they can turn it around. We got Dmac uncorking the Hornitos bottle before Dodgers Nation went live. Let's go Dodgers 2023. Roger the Los Angeles Dodger. Yeah, Roger. You know I got to sip this. I mean, hey, on a game like this, the bullpen they're not stressing me out. Syndergaard early was stressing me out a little bit. The bat. Yesterday, not doing very much, but yeah, I mean, Hornitos, best premium tequila in the game, and that's a comment of the day from my man, Roger Kennard. I know I sound like a corporate shill, guys, but hey, man, someone's got to pay for these Dodgers coaches polos, right? Uh, get them on, get them over, get them in. Amen. That's from Gary A. over on YouTube. Another comment. That's a fire take. Fire Roberts. That's from Gerardo Cordova. We got Joe Nelson. I bleed Dodger blue. Joe from Indy. The heart of Reds and Cubby fans. Go Dodgers. DKM. Michael Bilgin. Uh, we got uh, Roman, L.A. Saint. Thor must pitch better. Cardinals are terrible, and he still gives up three runs. Let's go, Dodgers. Yeah, look, I mean, this Cardinals team, they've been the best left-handed hitting team in the league, but Thor isn't a lefty. And look, I think that today, the start for Syndergaard, who, if you looked at his ERA at home this season, heading into the start, he had an ERA of three at home, and an ERA close to 15 on the road. So, like I said in the previous show on Friday, I felt good about him having a solid start pitching in the friendly confines of Dodger Stadium at the beautiful Chavez Ravine. But still, I think it was a start that they went into it saying, hey, we are going to change the pitch mix. Like I said, I mean, he had thrown his curveball 2.3% of the time heading into this start, and today he went with it over 21% of the time. So it was a key adjustment, and they were going to live with the results, hopefully, hoping that it was going to be the start of something new. So still to give up just three runs, and the fact that didn't even record one strikeout. I mean, it looked like he had the strikeout to Contreras at one point, but there was something very strange with the pitch clock violation. They just completely reset it. So it looked like he did have one, but still to kind of grind through this, I think it was I think it was pretty impressive the way he was able to to handle it because he knows, he hears the noise. I mean, a negative war player heading into this start and he knows he has to get his stuff together, especially when you got Gavin Stone coming up. So, yeah, jumping to the top of the fifth inning. 
Edmond, 2-0 count, leadoff double to center, just a cutter middle-middle. And one of the things he struggles with is when he's falling behind the count, that's when you're starting to see pitches that he leaves up, that he leaves right down Broadway. And there, Edmond, just a double, just a cutter, just right there. And he takes advantage for a leadoff base hit, leadoff double to start that inning. Then next batter, 0-1 pitch to Newt Bar. He's single to right, scoring Edmond. So they're right back in it there in the top of the fifth. So that's the thing. He just kind of kept giving up runs after the Dodgers were able to score. So, yeah, that tied things up there at three. And the next batter, Goldschmidt, he grounded into that double play. And that was a nice job. He fell in behind in that count, too. It was a 1-0 pitch, and he goes with a cutter. But this one, he keeps at the bottom of the zone. He's not in the over the heart of the plate, so he located well, was able to induce that pitcher's best friend. And the next batter, he gets Gorman on a 1-2 count to foul to third on a four-seam fastball right there. Kind of missed one there, so not necessarily a great pitch. And then, yeah, top of the sixth, and he comes out. 0-1 pitch to Arenado. He singled to left. Peralta drove it in. It bounces into his glove. So another nice defensive effort there by Peralta. Wasn't able to make the play. It goes as a single there for Arenado. And, yeah, one-two pitch. A one-two pitch. And that's the count. And uh, then it looked like Contreras. It looked like he basically had him struck out there. It looks like he had the punchy to Contreras. But, unfortunately, they reset it. And he did get him to ground to third. So nothing doing there. No damage done. And they went for the double play, but Contreras was safe at first. So then Ferguson comes in with one out. Fergie comes in, gets O'Neill to fly to right for the second out. And Arenado at first, two outs. He strikes out Carlson on three pitches. So a very nice sequence there for Ferguson, just mowing him down three pitches. So he was fantastic. So the big key takeaways from Syndergaard today, the hits were still there, but didn't give up any home runs, minimized the damage, gave him a chance to win. Also used that curveball and it's clear that they want to get that velo separation to help that sinker play up so yeah i think for him he just has to improve his command and continue to just reinvent himself just stop trying to go back to the guy that he was and then yeah the dodgers offense they did enough i mean they did go one for 15 with runners in scoring position but still were able to score six runs like we said they get one in the second two in the fourth two in the fifth and then they add that insurance run there late i think chris taylor is my dodgers Dog of, the game. dog of the game to come back after those four strikeouts yesterday i think that was massive so yeah dodgers get the dub man it's got to feel really good to get your first sweep to really get on a run you've got the phillies and old friend trey turner coming to town and i like this victory for this dodgers team i like the fact that you didn't leave the yard and you were still able to manufacture six runs i like this death by paper cut style of offense in this day and age the ability to go to that so yeah definitely so let me get your takes though on gavin stone i'm sure we'll talk about it quite a bit yesterday tomorrow on the blue heaven podcast but give me all your takes on gavin stone do you think he's here to stay on a scale of one to ten how high are you on stoner let me know down below we've got roger Kennard, fleet of foot freddie freeman and the dodgers running wild on the Cardinals. Let's go Dodgers. Roger, the Los Angeles Dodger. Yeah, yesterday, Freddie Freeman had two. Outman, he had the stolen base that led to the Austin Barnes RBI. So not only are they stealing bases, guess what? They are cashing in 
on those runs. So I think this is going to be an organizational, a philosophical shift, and I'm very excited to see what this offense can look like when they combine the power and the slug. I mean, J.D. Martinez, he still hasn't picked up a bat. He's still with, dealing with the back issue. We know that he's almost like the designated slugger on top of being the designated hitter. And we know that what he's going to want to do. He's going to hit doubles and triples and leave the yard. But when you have athletes, you have to take advantage. And yes, it's not always about speed. Mookie Betts, if he can get on, we know he's a savvy base runner. I expect him to be active on the base pass. And also, it's not just stolen bases. It's but hitting with runners in scoring position it's hit and run plays it's taking off so yeah i definitely think that this team they don't want to have those cold nights they want to minimize those cold streaks and i think it's an effort to do just that but here we go back to the comment section nando 390 trace will be part of a trade package this year that's from nando 390 look i mean i took some pushback from you guys when i suggested before the season even started before opening day what i say i said they should trade trace thompson while he has a modicum of trade value okay now now he's on sale okay now he is halloween candy the day after halloween where it's on sale right it's christmas decorations on december 26 when it is marked down heavily and i said hey i would like to see him trade trace thompson for isaiah Kiner falefa not because i thought he would be the starting shortstop because i thought he would provide much needed infield depth and hey i think that uh, he would do that trade at seven days a week this time of year now. But let's go DMAC. That's from DKM Smith. Greater than sign Mookie. That's from Jonas Bass. Yeah, I think it was a big weekend for Mookie Betts. I mean, that's another one of my big takeaways from this weekend. I think Mookie really set the tone from the leadoff spot. You saw he got the big home run on Friday night. And then yesterday... He was able, he got robbed yesterday. I mean, he didn't have some hard contact, was able to do get a hit. But today, Mookie, he's able to get another hit. So, yeah, I think you're looking at Mookie through this series. You're feeling a lot better about how he has been hitting at the plate. I mean, this, the hard contact, the timing is really starting to sync up. And, yeah, today, Mookie, back in that leadoff spot. He goes one for three, also drew two walks. And the fact that he's taking a 10-pitch walk, that lets you know that he's seeing it very well. So I think Mookie is going to be living his best life for the next couple of weeks. I think he's going to get on a run. I think this is his turn to really take off. I mean, he almost had the three-run shot against Pittsburgh, but you've seen more extra base hits from Mookie of late. You're starting to see him hit the ball much harder and I definitely think that he is going to go on a run. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry about Mookie Betts. I still think he's one of the most talented hitters in the league. And you're starting to see him put consecutive games together. Yesterday, he goes one for four. I believe, yeah, he went one for four yesterday. He had that single early on. And then Friday's game, he made a massive, massive impact in Friday's game. And I'm not going to talk too much about Miguel Vargas, but that home run that he had, early in Friday's game definitely definitely made a huge difference there the leadoff home run uh, Flaherty so Mookie is definitely trending in the right direction I expect him to have a big series against Philly because he's really starting to lock in at the plate but here we go Noah hates Jumbo Jacks that's from Michael Almeida that's a comment of the night easily from Michael Almeida over on Facebook, Michael Bilgen, DMAG, what's your opinion on trading for Tim Anderson, Lucas Giolito, Liam Hendricks of the White Sox? Hey, Michael, look, all I will say about that is 
If you watch my show, I talked about Tim Anderson all offseason. I talked about the idea of making moves with the White Sox. I talked about how they're natural trade partners. And what did I say in the preview show before opening day? I said, your two favorite teams this season have to be, one, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and two, whoever the Chicago White Sox are playing because I'm extremely here for a White Sox fire sale. I definitely want to poach some talent from Chicago. Once they just bring in – they. That's a teardown waiting to happen. That's a down-to-the-studs teardown. You saw Luis Roberts. He's basically walking to first base, pulling a Manny Machado back in 2018. And Tim Anderson still makes a lot of sense, especially if this Dodgers team is going to play this style of baseball. If they are going to put more of an emphasis on getting guys on, getting guys over, and getting guys in. Look, yesterday I felt like I was watching the 1963 Dodgers with Maury Wills, but instead of Maury Wills, it was James Outman and they get James Altman on and he steals and then Austin Barnes brings him home and then Clayton Kershaw, he shoves and he was fantastic. So, yeah, I think... In this day and age with baseball being played like it is, Tim Anderson provides a lot of value. And I think, too, you could bat him lead off. I'm still going to die on the Mookie should move down the order hill. And that is because I think that he could provide even more value as a run producer that is going to be up there to hit for more slug, that he can be more aggressive earlier in counts. And, yeah, I'm absolutely here for Tim Anderson. I do think they need another starting pitcher, too. I think Lucas Giolito, he's not a guy that's going to mow you down with high velocity stuff. But when you look at his pitch mix yesterday, he was on, I think, seven innings. I mean, he was absolutely outstanding in his last start. I think Lance Lynn is another guy who I would love. He would instantly become a fan favorite for this Dodgers team. Lance Lynn, the Dodgers were extremely, extremely close to trading for him in 2020 when he was on the Texas Rangers. I think Lance Lynn makes a lot of sense. Liam Hendricks, I'm a little less bullish on. I mean, I'm not against the idea if it does happen. I mean, Liam Hendricks is the coolest guy in the world. I'm so happy that he's healthy again, but I mean, when you look at this team, they still want to see what Alex Reyes looks like when he returns. They still want to see if they can get something out of J.P. Fireisen, who is absolutely fantastic, establishing himself as one of the best bullpen arms in the league before he went down with injury. You're still looking to get Daniel Hudson back this season, who was outstanding last season. I mean, he was on his way to a career year. He had a strikeout rate over 30, a walk rate a little above five. And if you look at Liam Hendricks, you still have... In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Some, I think the thing about Liam Hendricks, though, I will say is if you're going to go all in on this team, you think you need a power closer and you see what the Padres did last year with going for Josh Hader. If you look at his his contract this season, he's owed 14 million and he has a club option for 15 million for next year. So it's not like he's under team control. It's not like he has an albatross contract or anything like that. So, look, if you want to go crazy for it, hey, 
I'm all for it, man. Blockbuster with the White Sox. So, yeah, it's definitely something that uh, I've been trying to manifest, and you guys know that because I've seen a lot of people out there trying to act like trading for Tim Anderson is some original idea in the last two weeks. But if you guys watch the show consistently, you know I've been talking about that for months and months and months now. But uh, there's your fire take. Thanks, Michael Almeida. Uh, <laughs> that was your fire take. All hail the Dodgers. That's from Kevin Uhas. First sweep feels good. What's up, Norman, over on YouTube? Mookie is disappointing at the plate. That is from Jim. Jonas, do we got uh, yeah Jonas over on on YouTube? Look, I think it's still early for for bets. I think Mookie is still finding his way. We saw him have a slow May last season. We saw him have a slow April last season, a little bit of a slow May, and then he turned things around. If you look at his numbers right now, they're not eye popping, and I agree with you on that. He's hitting 235 with a 781 OPS, five home runs, only no uh, four home runs, eight doubles in 102 at bat. So the, the the hard contact has been down. The exit velo has been down, but the hard contact over the last few games is trending in the right direction. So let's see how Mookie performs this next two weeks and see if he can go on a tear because his at-bat quality is getting better. He's seeing the ball better. I think for him, it's about picking his spots on when to be aggressive. And sometimes I think there's certain situations where, yeah, you want to see him go up there as the leadoff man and take some hits and work the count and work the pitcher up. But still, I think if you go up there and you're feeling it, Mookie, he's shown when he pimped that home run the other day that he can go deep and leave the yard in a hurry. And sometimes I think that ignites this offense. But, uh, hey, D-Mac, I want to see you drink that. Hey, man, how about tonight at the after party? Uh, is Gonson starting tomorrow night? We got to, that is from Deborah Young. So, yeah, with Tony Gonson back, first of all, his start, I was very impressed. I was very impressed with Tony Gonson in his first start. I think you want to see him improve his command. But tomorrow we got Tony Gonson. Monday, May 1st, on May Day, Dustin May bobblehead day. Tony Gonson with his 0.00 ERA, just one strikeout going against Taiwan Walker. So Taiwan Walker there, Taiwan Walker against Tony Gonsolin. And then we'll see for the next start. It's a good segue there to Gavin Stone. So I'll give you a couple thoughts on Gavin Stone because I'm dropping a video. Also, if you want to see my interview I did with Gavin Stone during spring training, go check it out on YouTube. I'll actually leave the link in the description. But, uh, yeah, let's talk Gavin Stone now, and then we will let you enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon. We got nice to see. Nice to win games you're supposed to compared to earlier in the season. Great point, Carl. We got I'll give Thor a B from Jonas Bass. We got I want to cuddle with Cody. Interesting. We got Angel with a super chat. Appreciate you on that. Comment of the day. Do you rather see pitchers bat or DH bat? I'm at this point, I used to love the strategy of pitchers batting, but look, I never said to myself, man, I want to spend $500 on tickets to watch the pitcher strike out or have lazy contact and increase their risk of injury. No, I did not say that. Yeah, it was fun to see Rich Hill bat. Yeah, it was, but still, no, I actually prefer the DH at this point. Also, too, on top of everything else, the reason why I'm all for the DH is it doesn't limit the Dodgers from a free agency standpoint. You can go after DHs like J.D. Martinez, and you're not limited, where in years past, pretty much not having the DH cost the Dodgers Shohei Otani, right? So for me, that's the most important thing is it doesn't eliminate any players. It doesn't limit them from a player pool standpoint of who they can acquire via free agency or even through the trade market. But uh, DMAC, what do you think of trading for Tim Anderson? We talked about that one. Uh, you guys know how to get me with the trade stuff, but uh, $13 million from Randy Watson, I believe that is, you're talking about Noah Syndergaard. Uh, Bush will have 16 home runs. That's from Justin2000. I love Bush is a is a bro. Bruh. 
Have your priorities straight. Ball, beer, baby. That's from Coach Charlie. That's a comment of the day. That's what I'm talking about. Presented by our friends over at Hornitos. Please drink responsibly. We got DFA Thor and signed Charlie Sheen. That's a fire take for you, DKM. Uh, Roger Kennard. No, DMAC. I was definitely not trying to say the organization should include Gavin Stone in any trade with the Angels or for Otani. Okay, yeah. I just, Kira, is I going to put words in your mouth there? Uh, Michael Bilgin. Yo, D. Oh, that's saying. Well, you really, I answered your question, thankfully. DKM hooking up with a 199 super chat that is going to my big jar i have because i'm saving for the otani contract i'm going to save everything we get through the super chat i'm going to give it to mark walter and andrew friedman say hey this is my contribution get ready for a raid once we step into madre zone okay there you go um, you feeling okay okay so yeah the thing with gavin stone best start of the season recently last week i mean he struck out eight Five innings of work. He allowed just one run on three hits with two walks. On the year, if you look at his numbers, it won't blow you away. A 4.74 ERA and six starts, a 25.7 strikeout rate, an 11.4 walk rate. But in his last two starts, he has really picked it up. A 39.5% strikeout rate. And in spring training, during spring training, he struck out 14 of the 27 batters that he faced. And one story that really sticks out with me was just covering that team during spring training at Camelback Ranch in Arizona is Gavin Stone. He waited every single time to watch all the pitchers pitch, to watch the entire game and to soak things up and to pick guys' brains and learn every single thing he could. And that, to me, was the most impressive thing about it because you can tell that he wants to be great and he understands that it's not just about going out there and performing every fifth day. It's about all the knowledge from the veterans and all the knowledge that this organization provides. So that, to me, is something that's very, very impressive and yeah with Gavin Stone we'll see what it means for this team moving forward I mean if he has a really nice start does he stay up but really what this really does it allows this team to reset that rotation like I was saying Wednesday would be Dustin Mania's start but he's coming off that career high 104 pitches he threw five against the Cardinals on Friday he'd be on four days rest but you bring up Gavin Stone and then you kind of bump Dustin May you give him a couple days of rest and then yeah he'd be ready to go next week against the San Diego Padres so that really is the most important thing you kind of reset that rotation you give Dustin May a little extra time off and you head into that big series to really try to set the tone against the Padres for the entire year because we know yes the records aren't great right now but at the end of the day it's going to be a Padres Dodgers the Padres Dodgers battle in the NOS. There's no doubt about it. So yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very, very interesting, very, very interesting, interesting dynamic because the Dodgers, they're coming to the end of a stretch where you got 19 games in 20 days. And look, I think they want to get him going, get him starting and see what they have in him. And I said a few weeks ago that they would, I said a few weeks ago that they would, I made the case that they should have started him against Pittsburgh. And I can tell you from people I've talked to that it's definitely something that was under consideration. And I think if Will Smith had been ready to go, there's a chance he would have already seen Gavin Stone make his 
start instead. Of course, to go with Tony Gonson, who did pitch well. So, yeah, very excited about Stone, the way he tunnels that changeup off of that fastball. He has a chance to be elite from a moxie standpoint, from a poise standpoint. He absolutely has it in him to be a great starter in Major League Baseball. He was the branch rookie player of the year at a 1.48 ERA last season, pitching at three levels. So, very, very excited to see this kid pitch, and I think the sky is the limit for him. He has a special, special, special pitch, but yeah, Dodgers, they get the win, get their first sweep of the year, and that is going to do it for this episode of the Dodgers Nation postgame show. We'll get some final takes here, guys. Bottom of the night, let's get some walk-off shots, get some walk-off takes from you down below, and then we will head out. Gonna have some Mexican food after this. Gonna have some enchiladas, guys. I need my enchiladas, okay? Uh, we got the Carnivorous Lunar Activity, Diane. We got to Michael Creo, $2. Edward Oliveira's trade. Look ready to break out right now. That's an interesting name. You're trying to get me on a trade thing at the very end, which I really respect. But we're going to, uh, we're definitely going to, uh, We'll talk about that one. Let's talk about that one tomorrow. But yeah, I do think Oliveris. Um, I mean, if you look, I've been. He's on one of my fantasy teams. He's really, really solid. A, OPS over 800, hitting ability, can hit for some power, steal some bases. So, yeah, I mean, another outfielder. But uh, yeah, we'll see how the outfield market continues to emerge throughout the season. But uh, Belly quit on them. We got uh, kudos. We have a couple more here. DKM, DKM is on fire today. I, at least I'm giving hot takes so I control the heat. There you go. Uh, Dodgers rotation after All-Star break. This is from Rafael over on YouTube. Urias, May, Kershaw, Stone, Gonsolin, Miller. Look, I asked Dave Roberts about the idea of going to a six-man rotation during spring training, and he told me that they're going to go to a six-man rotation. It's going to be when there is a schedule that presents a challenge of 19 games in 20 days where it's so many consecutive games. Well, I think, too, you want to keep guys fresh. And if Clayton Kershaw, who leads the National League with 38 innings pitched, you want to keep him fresh and have to avoid, try to avoid that IL stint that we seem to get every year with him. I think that would be the best way to go about it is to kind of keep guys fresh. So we'll see. I think there's a lot of talent. I mean, you saw Bobby Miller. Bobby Miller ends up going over 100, Was I think it was 101.3 miles per hour. So, yeah, I'm also dropping an interview with Casey Porter. Uh, we talked prospect stuff, too, so look out for that. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Dodgers Nation postgame show. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Sunday. A couple more here. we got Go Lakers, Oracle Suggs, Araldis Chapman could be another trade candidate that we can explore. Michael, I mean, he's definitely having a great year. We'll see optics-wise if they would consider that. Nando, 390, one of my favorites. My wife double fist Dodger dogs with no bun. <laughs> Nando, 390. Bruh. This is the bruh. Bruh. Sus is pretty much dedicated to you, my man. LFG Doyers from Rebecca. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Rebecca. We got to CT3 breakup. But thanks again, guys. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home. 